Good morning, City Life. Amen. Amen. Many of you I recognize because we're frequent per visitors here at City Life. Uh, but if you're here for the first time and you've ever had that congregational dilemma of trying to expedite the preacher to move on, I'm going to let you on in on a little secret. The buzzword is amen. Okay, so, 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 so if, you're, if you've got what I'm trying to communicate to you and you're ready for me to flow forward, your response, look, look, at look, you, quick study right here, all right? So, uh, again, I want to encourage you to uh, let me know because it's essential that our time together changes our level of service, amen? Uh, we, we all gather together to become better servants of the Most High God. And the preach word is the way that we get that information and try to uh, apply that to our lives because we are his ambassadors, we are his emissaries, we are his representatives. For a lot of people that are looking for God and looking to hear from God, we are the people that they'll get that information from. So I want to make sure that we are uh, empowered and edified as, our, as a result of our time together so that we can do what the Lord would have us to do. Amen? All right, all right, that's good. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Christy called me because this particular portion of Scripture is near and dear to me. Uh, Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 through 33. Big story, but I think I'm going to distill it down to some key points so that we can have some takeaways as a result of our time together this morning. Um, yep, uh, Christy's busier than I've ever seen her. And I'm so glad that the Lord made me available to come and share with you on today. Uh, dear Father, we ask you just to open up my discernment, uh, make me an uh, adequate, competent vessel to communicate to your people this very important story so that we might come away from here edified and amplified to do your great work. That is your servant's prayer. So what is the gist of Numbers Chapter 13. Well, the people of Israel have been in the wilderness for a year. And you wouldn't think too much could go on in a year. But for them, wow. Uh, they, they've been ushered out of Egypt. They've come to uh, the uh, proximity of the promised land. But they've gone through a lot in a very short amount of time. The uh, Lord has given them the law at Sinai, rules and regulations that he wants them to abide by as his representatives, as his emissaries, that when people look on them, they will go, yeah, there is a God, and he's worth knowing and worth serving. But boy, do they fail miserably. Now, I don't want you to feel like I'm piling on the Israelites because that's our dilemma. As we try to serve God, occasionally we can get amiss with all our education, with all our experience. Sometimes we fail to miss the mark. And so when I was looking for a sermon title, uh, the Lord just said, take it directly from the text. Gra grapes or grasshoppers is simply a matter of perspective. And it behooves us to get on God's page. Somebody say amen right there. Okay, not to move on, but to affirm the truth. I, I, I want you to understand that, that, that we are blessed to have opinions, but they're not always 
warranted. Okay, it's good that you're passionate about things uh, 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 in the political arena. You resonate with a particular agenda. Okay, and we're not going to get unpack all that today. But but you're blessed to have an opinion. God cares about what you think. Okay, but but not to the level that we think He ought to. Anybody ever been blessed by God, and and then respond to that by saying He could have did a better job? Okay. <laughs> Uh, again, if our perspective is skewed, we can sometimes find ourselves outside the will of God. And so in, in the narrative today, the, these children of God, the, this nation of Israel, has moved out of bondage into service to the God that have delivered them, and they're starting to resist. They, they don't like it. Uh, they, they, they fast forwarded past the part where they melted all their stuff and created a golden calf. They pushed past the fact that the Lord didn't take too kindly to that activity. And in spite of all of that, he still forgives them and still wants to be their God and claim them as his people. Somebody should say amen right there because that's, that's our narrative, amen? We, we didn't fall out the womb talking about where's God and how can I serve him. We, we meandered around a little. We start playing with Legos and, and, and Lincoln logs and trains. There was a lot of other stuff that we did till we came to this place of understanding that we are birthed into existence to serve God. Uh, some of us came earlier to the dance than others. Uh, some of us come later like I, I didn't accept the Lord till I was 35 years old. Can you imagine wh what they did in a year? I had 35 years to do some things. And boy, was it messed up and boy, was it ugly. But but when I came to myself, the text says, I realized that there was more to my life than just satisfying my fancy. Well, if it feels good, do it. Some of the things that I were I was engaged in weren't profitable in terms of service to the Most High God. So I don't want to pile on the Israelites. This is our testimony. It very closely uh, parallels the creation narrative. Here's Adam and Eve. What else could they possibly long for? But they aspire for the one thing that they can't have. And isn't that our human experience? So right, right now we understand that God has blessed us with percep perception. And for a lot of us, perception is reality. But I want to push back on that a little bit because not everything you see is what you think it is. I'm going to pause for a minute because I know I said that in a convoluted way. But, but, but it's not always the way you think it is, okay? And, and again, if we're going to be the servants of the Most High God, we've got to start seeing things like he does. Okay. God, God doesn't see uh, drug addiction as just the end all and write you off. He, he doesn't see your uh, questionable behaviors. I better clean it up a little bit now because I'll be somebody be accusing me of being in their business. But 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 a lot of times we we, we see things our way. Okay. I, 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 I can identify with the frustration of the trooper when he pulls up on an accident. And God bless his heart. There's five witnesses. But nobody saw the accident the same way. It's the same accident. It's the same vehicles involved. It's the same level of injury, 
praise God, we hope there is no injury. But, but again, he's bombarded with perception. Well, this guy over here, the, 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 the accident would have been preventable if she would have only blah, 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 blah. And out of that chaos and that confusion, he's got to write a traffic report based on perception. He wasn't there. He's called to it. And so he only hears about the events that transpires through the perceptions of others. Think about our legal system. We get 12 people assembled to come together to pass judgment on a situation that they weren't privy to. They weren't there. And they have to rely on the accounts of the witnesses involved, the credibility. Can, can we really take this testimony as true? Well, here's what I love about the word of God. If it's in this book, it's true. You don't got to beat about the bush. It's in there. It's divinely superintended. The Lord have uh, made sure that what he wants known is recorded so that we can have that. This is why you ought to be an avid Bible reader. You get God's account of the event. Okay. And it's, it's mixed in with some perception. You know, Paul offers his opinions on some things and David is going to offer his opinion on some things. But, but categorically, we can say that the word of God is this big theological term, inerrant. It's accurate. We can trust it. Okay. And how do you know you can trust it? You apply it to your life. It's as simple as that. Okay. Uh, God will say in a portion of scripture, prove me. If you don't believe it, try it on for a little while. Okay. He can prove that. And this is the dilemma that the nation of Israel is having in the book of Numbers. They've been walking with the Lord for a while, long enough to know better than the activity that transpires in chapter 13. So what goes on? Well, they're on the uh, edge of Canaan about to enter in, but they're fearful. And again, I, I can't fault them for being fearful. Um, it, it, it is dangerous to foray into the unknown. But what they do have is the promise of God. And they've departed from the promise of God to enter into their own perceptions. And so it's their idea to send spies into the land. Now think about that. That's questioning God. Like, yep, we're here, Lord. It, it doesn't occur to anybody like, wow, we've been through a lot. You know, all this uh, 400 years of servitude in Egypt. We walked out with more stuff than we brought in. Uh, he's, he's, he's taking care. Nobody has fallen by the wayside on the journey. We're good to go. We're right here on the edge of the promise that God have given us. And now all of a sudden, we perceive that we need more than what God have promised. Ooh, I ain't gonna call you out this morning, but somewhere in your spirit, raise your hand, because you've had a moment where you've questioned God. We all have. I get it. But if you look strictly through your carnal eyes and strictly through your human emotions, you can sometimes miss it. That's why the rest of the sermon title is, it's a matter of perspective. It's how you look at things, all right? We, we, we can never, I, I won't say we can never question God, but we ought to be careful how we question God, all right? That's the point that I want to make. It's simply a matter of perception. So let's fast forward to 33 verses. Moses is grudgingly willing 
and, and any of you been in leadership, sometimes you hear ideas and you go like, I don't think that's a good idea. But the grumblings of the committee <laughs> is causing you to pause. I, I, you laugh because you know that's the reality of committees. You know, people are like, well, uh, out of the school, they'll tell me that. Well, Royce, um, we, we want you to serve as the chair of the committee. I start shaking my head immediately. That means I got to deal with however many other opinions on this matter is. And sometimes it's a miss. But, but the beauty of that is sometimes I'm wrong, okay? Uh, as, a, as a true statement of humility, I've got to always begin with the propositional statement that I could be wrong. This, this, is, this is how we do. And again, we would hope that through a collective of perceptions, we get to the truth of what it is the situation calls for. Amen, somebody? Isn't that how we do it? By committee? Okay. I learned very early in my marriage that I'm a member of a committee. Husbands, come on, help me out. Okay. Like, I can walk through the house heavy as I want to, all 200 pounds, but, but there's a lighter personality, okay, both in weight, but that doesn't mean she does not have gravity. She weighs in, you know, my, my wife happens to be our chief financial officer, so praise God that I have a wife that can count. But for her, I'd be living in the street someplace, okay? But, but I'm a member of a committee. And it's not always what I think is best for 1703. I've got to get input from the other personality that lives there. Amen? Because I don't stay there 24-7. She runs stuff when I'm going off some other places. And so, again, the collection of perceptions ought to lead to a more discernible truth about what should transpire. So Moses here is like, hey, we, we want to pick one person from each tribe. And we want to send them into Canaan undercover and get a sit rep. That's military speak for a situational report. I think there's good in that. You know, Joshua does that when he gets to uh, Jericho. Thank you. Boy, all them J's was just mashing together in my mind. But, but he does that. He does a sit rep, okay, till he runs into the pre-incarnate Christ and, and the Lord gets his perception right. You showed up like you in charge of stuff at Jordan. I'm already here working some stuff out. And again, it's going to be a matter of perception. How do we take down the walls? Well, not the way you think, Joshua. We're going to have praise and worship. Boy, you don't ever underestimate the power of praise and worship. It brings down Jericho wall. And so it is in this numbers account that we see all these things start to line up, that, that perception is reality. And we've got to be very careful about having the right perceptions. Amen? Boy, y'all struggling now. Come on. It's not, not going to be that much longer. We'll be all right. All right. So let's send some spies into the land. Let's get a report. Moses says, yeah, y'all on, thin, y'all on thin, thin ice right now, but I'll permit that. And so they go down into the uh, Canaan area, and they come back with the report. Okay. And it's striking to me that the majority have got it wrong. Ten out of 12 arrive at an erroneous conclusion about what the situation actually is. They've they've given themselves to their own perceptions rather than acknowledging the promise of God. Wow. Wow. And ultimately, the text says they're going to pay for that. And that's my caution to each one of us today. 
be very careful when you come to certain conclusions because when they cause you to be in opposition to the will of God, you're on thin ice. And the consequences can be devastating. What should have been a two-week trip from Egypt to Canaan turns into 38 years. Out of 600,000 personalities, it just counted the men of war, only two will make it into the promised land. And they're not coincidentally on the spy team, okay? Isn't that something? Praise and worship team, you know, the preaching team. Now we got a spy team. Twelve people and ten people get it wrong. Man, we went down there. They got grapes so big. Take eight of us to carry these grapes. I'm talking about these, these are some big grapes, basketball-sized grapes. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Again, while you're salivating over that proposition, consider there are giants in the land, and if we were to roll up on them, we would be as grasshoppers in their sight. And they quickly shift from the bounty that the Lord have prop provided and promised them to this perception that he would dangle it in front of them and not allow them to partake. Anybody been walking with God more than a few minutes? God never promises a thing that he will not deliver. Well, I haven't got everything that the Lord promised me. That's because you came to the wrong conclusion as a result of your perception. Okay. The Proverbs tell me, lean not to my own understanding, but to acknowledge God in all his ways. And what's the promise in that? He'll direct your path. The problem with most of us is we don't want to go where God is sending us. Mm, just stepped on somebody's toe. Okay. We don't want to go witness to the people that God wants us to witness to. Okay. It's not an accident City Life is located in the Heartside District. There's mission work to be done on Division Avenue. You're not here by accident. You're here by providence. And again, you can't be so overwhelmed because we extol the promise of God to people who have arrived at a wrong perception of who he is. Just because your situation is jacked up right now doesn't mean that it will always be that way. We have come to this place to show you that God can bring you out of whatever condition you're in. We have come to demonstrate to you that we haven't always been Bible-toting, Scripture-quoting servants of God, that we too have our own little peccadillos and idiosyncrasies that cause us occasionally and inevitably to be outside the will of God. This is why we have to constantly assemble ourselves to hear the word of truth, that we have to constantly come together and become part of a bigger committee that's called the body of Christ. And we work steadfastly and insistently toward getting on God's page. Because in the great Alpha Omega of things, Lord just gave me that, hallelujah, thank you, uh, that the only perception that really matters is his. Okay? This is why we shouldn't get all upset when people don't disagree, don't agree with us. Okay? I'm going to tell you what the Lord said. And then if you don't like that, take it up with him. I'm not going to start arguing with you about this, that, and the other. I'm going to quote scripture. I'm going to invite you to read it for yourself. And then uh, 
I'm going to do like Thomas did with the Ethiopian unit. I'm going I'm to I'm try to explain it to you. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. Whose report will you believe? Now, I've, I've talked about the negative part of it. Let me talk about the positive. Of the 12, two, Joshua and Caleb come to a completely different conclusion. Yeah, we saw the same thing that they saw. We saw them big old grapes. Sure did. Ate a couple on the way back. <laughs> we, we, we had a good time. And we saw the people, and they are biggins, okay? But, but, but they come to a whole different conclusion as a result of that sit rep. They're like, we should, we should bust a move on these folks right now. <laughs> we, we ought to go up there and throw down. And, and I'm sure the team look at them like, did you see the same thing we saw? Sure did. Was right there with you. Okay. And, and how can you come to the conclusion? He said, I got one thing that you left out of your equation. I got the promise of God. The Lord told me he was going to give us this land. And either he's God or he's not. Now, that's oversimplified version of things, but he's God or he's not. And I would encourage you, he is. When, when, when Abraham, when, when Moses starts this whole journey of dealing with the captive nation and leading them to Canaan, first thing he wants to know is, who's sending me? Because you told me I got to roll up on Pharaoh. You told me I got to take on the Egyptians, a world power, and it's just me and this stick. Boy, you better have the promise of God. Uh, I'm trying to tell you something right now, okay? And, and you know the stories, and it's all culminating in this Sinai experience where the Lord is calling them out on the carpet and going like, wow, you, you guys, you know me. All that remember, I am the Lord your God language. This, this is God saying, you know me. Have I ever sent you to a place where I wasn't there with you? Have I, have I ever failed to feed you? Did I ever fail to shelter you? Did I ever fail to comfort you? And I think that's the thing that he's urging us to. I don't think it. I know it. That, that's what he wants us to confront right now in our own challenge. We live in a country that's at war with itself right now. And, and if we default to our human perceptions of things, we'll come to the conclusion that all is lost. But there's no situation where the promise of God is lesser than the problems of this life. Not a one. I know that. As a recovering drug addict, as a formerly incarcerated personality, I've shared my testimony with you all. I have never seen God fail to deliver on a promise. If I can get my perception in line with him. God loves us. He cares about us. And he wants us to succeed. Well, what if, I, what if I don't succeed? Then you become a martyr for the cause. Okay. God's already got it worked out. He's already made preparation for us. So I want to go down a list of takeaways that we should have as a result today. And I wrote them down here so that I wouldn't forget them. 
again, numbers 332 tells us that there were 603,550 men of war. Of that number, only two, Caleb and Joshua, enter into Canaan. The rest of them fall in the wilderness. Okay. What God wants us to take away from this situation is, first of all, we have a faith. And our faith does not fail. We fail our faith sometimes, but our faith never fails. Listen to, listen to, listen to Joshua. We are able to overcome them. We believe in ourselves. We believe in our fellow Israelites, but most importantly, we believe God. <clears throat> Say, raise your hand if you believe that, that I can trust God. Say it. I can trust God. I can trust. Say it, say it like you mean it. I can trust God. That's a statement of your faith. Don't be all mealy mouth and wishy-washy with that. Step boldly into the promise of God. God will do a lot of things, but he will not fail. He will not fail. Second thing we ought to take from that is confidence. If he sent me, he can equip me. Wherever I'm going, if the Lord told me that victory is the outcome, I should go with victory in mind. Hallelujah. If you, if you do evangelistic work and you... Everything, well, I'm, I'm not going to do a good job. Then maybe you need to be on the praise and worship team. Okay, Evangelism is not for the weak of heart. It are people that step steadfastly into their faith and are confident. Okay? All through the book of Joshua, you will hear the spirit of the Lord encouraging him to be a man of courage. All right? Your perception is going to try to inspire fear in you on occasion. But with faith and confidence, you can arrive at a place where you have courage. Here's another takeaway. Be people of action. Okay? Ideas are great, but they are born in action. Okay? They are implemented in action. There's always a do aspect to our surface. And here's the biggie. This is the one that I struggle with. Thankfulness thankfulness. I have a spirit of gratitude, first of all, that God deems me worthy, that he can trust me with the mission he has given me. Not because of I'm so smart, not because I'm so strong, not because I'm young anymore. I'm thinking like, wow, Lord, isn't, isn't it about time for me to retire? He says, yeah, when they, when they put you in that box, you'll be retired. Short of that, there's something to be done, and I expect you to be doing it. It's a matter of perspective. Will you see promise or will you see problems? It's a matter of perspective. Will you see victory or will you see defeat? It's a matter of perspective. Will you see service? Or will you see apathy? It's a matter of perspective. Essentially, will you see grapes or grasshoppers? If you're here today, I want to encourage you to think about everything that I've shared with you today 
and consider how have you been living your life. Just last week, I won't ask you to go too back in, far back in time. Me, I can only go back as yes, far as yesterday because I'm very forgetful. But, but what is the essential truth that is driving you in your service to God? Are you holding out for him to do it your way? Don't do that because our way is not his way sometimes. Our, 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 our things like fear, fear of failure, fear of popularity, fear of uh, acceptance causing you to not be bold in your service to God. I want to invite you today to change your perspective. Understand that Jesus doesn't come in as a ball of fire. He comes in as a humble child who grows in wisdom and favor, who doesn't take up the sword but endures the cross. It's a matter of perspective. And if you're here today and you know not to Christ in the pardon of your sins, today would be a good day to meet him. Somebody say amen right there. Okay. Oh, like, 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 like whatever your life was before this moment, as Kevin prayed, I kept hearing you say, the Lord is shifting some things. He shifted your life to this place of decision. That if you don't know him, he's willing to introduce himself by virtue of his holy word and through the unction of his Holy Spirit. He already knows you, all about you, what you think and what you've done. And he doesn't want to judge you amiss. He wants to give you an opportunity to get a clean slate. And I'm going to ask you right now, if that's your condition, I'm not going to embarrass you by having you come up or any other things. I'm simply going to ask us all to bow our heads. And if you feel like you're outside the will of God, outside the ark of safety, I just want you to raise your hand. Nobody will see it but me. Most importantly, God will know the condition of your heart. And simply pray this prayer. Father, I think my life is outside your will. I think the things that I'm doing are not consistent with your instruction. And so I'm asking that you would bring me into your fold. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died for my sins on a cross called Calvary. And three days later, you arose with all power in your hand. Power to change my perspective. To move me from the company of the lost into the congregation of the redeemed. I hold fast to your promise. And I endeavor going forward to live the life that you have purposed for me. In Jesus' name, amen.